Welcome to Murder Minute. On today's episode, Robert William Fisher. But first, your true crime headlines. A DC police officer has been killed in a murder-suicide, according to police. The Charles County Sheriff's Office said that police found two people dead inside their home in Waldorf at 6 p.m. on Friday. Authorities identified the couple as 41-year-old Christine Lynn Francis and 50-year-old Timothy Eugene Francis. Officers were sent to the home after Christina's father had been trying to contact her all day, but couldn't reach her or her husband. Her father then went to the home and found the couple dead. In the early morning hours that day, Christina Francis had updated her Facebook page with a series of concerning posts about her family that had numerous typos. At 3.19 a.m., Christina posted a video from the couple's wedding day. Along with the video, Christina wrote, quote, This day meant everything to me. This marriage wasn't put together for a great reason. Couldn't more confident and stayed forever not giving up. I love you and what we had together. You all I even want, needed. You and I belonged together and always. We had six years of experience and memories that should have taken presence over everything in everything we did, but B got lost in petty shit. You believed was a mistake and tests immature. Christina also updated her cover photo and profile pictures to photos of herself and her husband together. In her final post at 3.27 a.m., Christina addressed the couple's two teenage children. Quote, My children are my pride and joy. I pray they follow, never dream they have. And I, the strength for it. They are perfect, deserve all life has to offer them. I love you both with my heart. Timothy Francis was a veteran detective for the Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C. MPD Chief Peter Newsham said in a statement, quote, Mourning the tragic loss of our colleague and friend is extremely difficult. Detective Francis spent two decades protecting the community from violence, and to learn that he was the victim of a homicide is heartbreaking. The police union tweeted on Saturday, quote, Tim was one of the best detectives in CID. His father was also a detective that worked nearly 45 years for MPD. Tim was a stand-up guy that always held his ground. We are all still reeling from this news. The MPD has lost a true detective today, and he will not soon be replaced. The investigation is ongoing. Police said that anyone with information is urged to contact the Charles County Sheriff's Office. An investigation into a car crash on Saturday along the Mississippi coast has turned into a homicide probe after officers found two men shot to death inside one of the vehicles. According to the Harrison County Deputy Coroner, 22-year-old Rashad Fairley 
and 34-year-old Charles Johnson died at the scene around 5.15 a.m. on Saturday. The original call to police was about a car crash in a residential neighborhood in Gulfport, Mississippi. Police are now investigating the killings as a double homicide, but have not released additional information. No arrests have been made. A Utah man has been charged with attempted homicide after allegedly inhaling dust off and assaulting his grandparents. 23-year-old Jacob Tallman Klein of St. George was arrested on multiple charges, including attempted homicide by assault and interfering with arrest. Officers were called out Sunday evening to a residence on Rio Virgin Drive in St. George on a report of a psychiatric problem. According to the arresting officer, the caller indicated that Klein was having psychiatric issues, and that he was attacking his grandparents with whom he lived, and that he was threatening to kill them and might have a weapon. The caller also said that Klein had a history of drug and alcohol abuse and had been in and out of rehabilitation. At approximately 8 p.m., officers arrived on the scene. Klein resisted their attempts to subdue him, and they had to restrain him and put him in handcuffs. When officers attempted to search Klein, he allegedly kicked one of them in the leg. Klein's grandparents told police that the incident started when Klein was, quote, in his room, cursing a lot. His grandmother went in to tell him to stop, at which point he attacked. Klein allegedly kicked his grandfather to the ground and repeatedly kicked him in the face and abdomen. He then chased his grandmother outside, attacking her and threatening to kill her. Klein's grandmother's nose was broken and she had several skin tears on her forearms, according to emergency medical services on the scene. A search of Klein's room turned up two suspected empty cans of dust-off, along with a new package of dust-off. Klein's father told police that his son had a history of abusing inhalants and that he believed his son had been abusing them Sunday evening before the incident. Klein was arrested and booked into Washington County Purgatory Correctional Facility on third-degree felony charges of homicide assault Klein was also charged with criminal mischief for intentional damage to destroy or deface property, threat of violence, use and or possession of psychotoxic chemicals, interfering with arrest and aggravated assault. Police in Missouri have identified a man whose body was found over the weekend in a Kansas City neighborhood. The body of 34-year-old Martez Brock was found near a residential area Friday night by officers responding to a report of a, quote, suspicious party. Police spokesman Captain David Jackson said that Brock's injuries were consistent with foul play, but police have not said what the cause of death was. The killing marked Kansas City's 174th homicide this year a significant increase from 2019. By the same time last year, there had been 139 killings.
Those are your true crime headlines. Up next, Robert William Fisher. But first, a quick break. With the holidays just around the corner, and with so many of us separated due to the pandemic, this year I'm looking for gifts that will help me stay connected with my loved ones throughout the season. That's why this year's perfect gift is a skylight frame. Skylight Frame is a photo frame that you can update instantly by email from anywhere. It has a gorgeous 10-inch touchscreen, black frame and white mat, so it looks just like a real photo frame. And it sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds, even for my not-so-tech-savvy family members. Just plug in, use the touchscreen to connect to your wireless network and you'll be swiping through photos in no time. Everyone in the family can just email photos to your personal Skylight email address, and they'll pop up in seconds. I won't be able to see my parents or my grandparents this year, but with a Skylight frame on the mantle, we can still share in the holiday season. Multiple people can send photos to the frame, so it's a great way to enjoy the season together, even though we're apart. Skylight Frame has a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love your Skylight, then they'll offer you a full refund. Now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter the code MINUTE. That's right, to get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter the code MINUTE. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com, promo code MINUTE. When it comes to shampoo and conditioner, there's no one-size-fits-all. We need products that are suited for our unique needs. And don't leave us disappointed. I have fine, color-treated hair and a scalp that is somehow both oily and flaky. But now, thanks to my personalized pros shampoo and conditioner, I've fallen in love with my hair again. Pros creates customized hair care products for people, not hair types. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. Their quiz dives into every conceivable factor that affects your hair health, like your age, your diet, your styling habits, and even your environment, so that they can best formulate your custom products to meet your unique needs. With their algorithm and over 50 billion formula combinations, Pros determined a unique blend of ingredients to treat my exact concerns. And every bottle is made to order, guaranteeing optimal freshness. Pros stands by clean and responsible beauty. Every formula is sustainably sourced and cruelty-free. And Pros can accommodate virtually any preference, including vegan, gluten-free, and more. If you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back. No questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. 
take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash murder minute. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash murder minute for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. That's pros.com slash murder minute. Are you experiencing stress, anxiety? Do you have chronic pain or trouble sleeping? You're not alone. If you're searching for something that might help, I want to tell you about Feels. Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep that helps you reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness naturally. Just place a few drops under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. I take feels for my chronic back pain, and these days it's helping me sleep better at night as well. Don't worry, feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, no hangover, and no addiction. But navigating the world of CBD may seem complicated. So if you're new to CBD and you need a little guidance, feels as you covered with real human support. They'll answer all of your questions on their free CBD hotline so that you can start feeling better sooner. Join the Feels community now and get Feels delivered directly to your door every month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. Their hassle-free membership program is guaranteed to help you feel your best month after month or your money back. It's that simple. Feels is helping me feel better every day, and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com mm, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash mm to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Get the new, natural, healthy way to feel better. Go to feels.com slash mm. Welcome back to Murder Minute. On Tuesday, April 10th, 2001, at 8.42 a.m., the Scottsdale, Arizona home of Robert William Fisher, his wife Mary, and their two children, Brittany and Bobby Jr., exploded. Firefighters rushed to the scene and worked to keep the 20-foot flames from reaching the other houses. As they fought the fire, smaller explosions caused by rifle ammunition or paint cans prevented them from entering the home. After the flames subsided, officials found three burned bodies laying in the ashes of what was once their beds. They were 38-year-old Mary Fisher, 12-year-old Brittany, and 10-year-old Bobby Jr. But there was no sign of Robert William Fisher, his revolver, or the couple's Toyota 4Runner. 
autopsies revealed that Fisher's wife and children had not died in the explosion. Brittany and Bobby's throats had been cut from ear to ear. Mary had been shot in the back of the head. It appeared that Robert Fisher had murdered his wife and children, blew up their family home, and fled. A neighbor told police that they had heard a loud argument coming from inside the Fisher home the previous evening at around 10.30 p.m. According to those close to the couple, in the weeks before the explosion, Mary had confided in them that she was planning to divorce Robert. They did not have a happy marriage, said neighbor Wade Renksock. They screamed constantly. Everybody heard it. You could hear it in the house next door. And you never really heard him scream, which is kind of weird. I mean, he had a way about him. But you never heard him scream. You always heard his wife screaming. Things like, you're worthless, I could have done better than you, we should get a divorce. On the evening of April 9th, 2001, Robert left work at Scottsdale's Mayo Clinic, where he worked as a respiratory therapist, picked up Brittany, and drove her to the National Junior Honor Society induction ceremony, where she was to be honored for her academic achievements. But during the ceremony, Robert became impatient, and the two left before Brittany could collect her certificate. Then, at 10.43 p.m., shortly after the argument overheard by neighbors, Robert Fisher was spotted on an ATM camera where he withdrew $250. Investigators theorized that after Robert Fisher killed his family, he pulled the gas line from the back of the house's furnace, poured fire accelerant down the hall, lit a candle as a sort of fuse, and fled. Over the course of the next 10 hours, the gas accumulated in the house. When it finally reached the flame of the candle, it exploded with a force so strong that it collapsed the front brick wall. The blast could be felt by neighbors for half a mile. On April 14, 2001, 41-year-old Robert William Fisher was named a person of interest, and a statewide manhunt ensued. Robert William Fisher was born on April 13, 1961, in Brooklyn, New York. He had two sisters, and his parents were William Fisher, a banker, and Jan Howell. In 1976, when Robert was 15 years old, his parents divorced, and his mother, Jan, left. It was a trauma that Robert never got over. A few years later, Robert enlisted in the Navy. He wanted to become a Navy SEAL, 
but didn't succeed. He went on to work as a surgical catheter technician, a respiratory therapist, and, at one time, a firefighter. In 1987, Robert married Mary Jean Cooper. They met at a Baptist church social group. Soon after their marriage, the couple settled in South Scottsdale and purchased a home near Mary's parents' house. Their first child, a daughter, Brittany, was born the following year. And in 1991, their son Bobby followed. Mary was a devoted mother who often volunteered at the kids' school. The Fisher family was active in the church and enjoyed outdoor activities. From the outside, a picture-perfect family. You'd never know that anything was wrong, said Mary's father, Bill Cooper. According to friends and co-workers, Robert Fisher was a cruel control freak with his wife and children, and had intense fears of abandonment. As an adult, Robert was still so bitter about his parents' divorce that he refused to ever take his children to Disneyland because it was the place where his parents had their last big fight. Even after 25 years, Robert Fisher still talked about his parents' divorce with his co-workers at Mayo Clinic. He told one co-worker that he believed his life would have been different if his mother, Jan, hadn't left. Jan Howell told investigators that she had been what she called a yes-sir wife and never stood up to Robert's father. Jan told police that early on in her son's marriage, she became concerned when she saw a similar dynamic forming between Robert and Mary. Concerns which she brought up to her daughter-in-law. Robert wouldn't let Mary paint the walls any color but white and controlled which pictures she was allowed to hang on the walls. One time, when Mary spoke up, he turned a garden hose on her. They fought often about sex and money, and Mary took a job so that she could buy toys for their children and have what she described to friends as a security fund. Several times her mother had made special things like quilts, Mary's friend Kimberly Sue Davidson told police. She was not allowed to hang them up. She had to store them in the closet. And then he would continually tell her, isn't it time you got rid of this stuff? There was definitely a Robert that absolutely nobody knew. Mary's friend, Lori Greenbeck, said. She protected him. She didn't want people to know what a jerk he was. She wanted everything to be as normal as possible for the kids. But it wasn't just Robert's relationship with Mary that was cause for concern. Robert once tried to teach Brittany and Bobby how to swim by throwing them off of a boat and into the river. They were crying and Brittany was screaming. 
Robert's hunting partner, Sandy Gillespie, recalled. And he pulled him back in the boat and said, Now there, how's that? According to friends, Robert's idea of a practical joke was to sneak up on families picnicking and fire his gun into the air. Another time, he went to a friend's house, pointed his pistol at his friend's head, and then decocked it and said, Isn't that cool? On another disturbing occasion, Robert purposely orchestrated a fight between his Labrador Blue and a stray pit bull as an excuse to shoot the stray dog for attacking his pet. In the last few years of their marriage, things were reaching their breaking point for Mary. In 1998, the Fishers sought counseling from the senior pastor at their church. He was adamant about not going through a divorce or putting his family through a divorce. The family's pastor, Greg Cantelmo of Scottsdale Baptist Church said, he had strong feelings about it and a bad experience. According to psychologists, an intense fear of loss is not unusual for an individual traumatized by divorce during adolescence. The older the child at the time of the parent's divorce, the longer lasting the effects, said Christy Buchanan, associate psychology professor at Wake Forest University and co-author of Adolescence After Divorce. That's not to say that a lot of people don't go through this and come out just fine. But others have problems that are fairly predictable. Mary's mother, Ginny Cooper, told investigators that Robert avoided socializing with family because of a, quote, fear of getting too close to people and losing them. But Robert's fear of abandonment and divorce didn't stop him from cheating on his wife. When Robert confessed to having an affair with a masseuse, after which he reportedly came down with a serious urinary tract infection, Mary told him that she needed some space. Robert drove north and retreated into the woods where he intended to camp alone for a month. But a few days later, he returned, promising to be a, quote, godly father and husband. For a while, the Fishers kept up appearances. They attended church, camped together, and made plans for the summer. Robert's friends tried to support him and help him stay true to his faith and stay faithful to his wife. How are you doing with the Lord? One fellow member of his men's ministry asked, checking in. How's things going in the area of lust? In the months before the explosion, Robert began to withdraw from the activities he once enjoyed. Perhaps he could sense that Mary was going to leave him. He told a hunting buddy 
that he had renewed his commitment to his faith and his marriage because he, quote, could not live without his family, possibly hinting that he would commit suicide if Mary decided to divorce him. Upon hearing the news of what happened to Mary and the children, one friend told police that he found it striking how Brittany and Bobby were almost the age that Robert and his siblings were when his parents divorced. That family looks exactly like his family when he was a kid, they said. On April 20, 2001, ten days after the murders, police found the couple's Toyota 4Runner and Robert's dog Blue in Tonto National Forest, 100 miles north of their home in Scottsdale. Police were sure that they had him cornered, but after a three-day search of the surrounding area with bloodhounds, a helicopter, and 150 officers, they found nothing. Only a set of footprints and a pile of human excrement outside the passenger door of the car. Lori Greenbeck told police that her husband had gone camping with Robert Fisher in the area shortly before the murders. She said that her husband believed that Robert was scouting the area and that he was very familiar with the region. Some investigators believe that Robert Fisher may have committed suicide somewhere deep in the woods, or perhaps perished after hiding out in one of the numerous caves in the area. The FBI believes that he is alive and living under a false name. Several days before Robert's vehicle was discovered, a couple saw a man walking along nearby Young Road. According to them, when the woman saw him, she said to her husband, that looks like Robert Fisher. Unfortunately, they didn't report the sighting to police until after Robert's vehicle was found in the area. On July 19, 2001, a state arrest warrant was issued in Phoenix, Arizona, charging Robert Fisher with three counts of first-degree murder and one count of arson. As a fugitive, he has also been charged with unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. Each year, 30 to 50 spouses murder their family. In more than half of these cases, there is a suicide or attempted suicide following the murders. But most of the suicides occur at the scene or very close to the scene, said Professor Neil Websdale, author of several books on domestic homicide. It would be very unlikely that someone would take off and kill themselves in a remote location. On June 29, 2002, Robert Fisher was added 
to the FBI's 10 Most Wanted list. He has also been featured on America's Most Wanted and The Hunt with John Walsh. In 2011, he was the subject of a documentary called Where is Robert Fisher? And in April of 2016, 15 years after the murders, FBI officials and Scottsdale police displayed new age-enhanced photos of Robert Fisher during a news conference. In the now nearly 20 years since his disappearance, the FBI has received hundreds of leads, but Robert William Fisher remains at large. Some say he's dead, but we don't believe that he's the type of guy who would kill himself, FBI agent Bob Caldwell said. He's a very egocentric, very introverted person, so we really don't believe he would do that. Robert Fisher is six feet tall, with blue eyes and brown hair, has a gold crown on his upper left first bicuspid tooth, chews tobacco, sometimes walks in an odd, erect manner with his chest out due to back pain, and is an avid hunter and fisherman. If still alive, he is 59 years old. There's no doubt in my mind that he's still out there, said Mary's father, Bill Cooper. When you know it's a cold case, that makes it even harder when you think about what he's doing out there. Is he remarried? Is he still living double lives? We just don't know. The FBI is offering a $100,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of Robert William Fisher. This has been Murder Minute. For true crime anytime, download the Murder Minute app or follow us on Instagram at Murder Minute.